Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Podcast. It's Ross Carl here with Brad Weber and James Parsons uh, for another show. And I think we should probably start in Chiefs Country because I feel like there's some counselling needed, Brad. You know, there was a scrap two weeks ago. The boys were fired up at the end of the Blues game too after that call on Jack Goodhue. Are you guys all right? Do you need someone to talk to? Um, yeah, if you've got someone someone on hand, a good shrink that you can send down, that'd be great. Um, yeah, to be honest, it's, it's kind of getting a little bit laughable at times, the sort of, the, sort of three or four weeks running where we've, I haven't had the run, rub of the green in key moments. So, yeah, we're certainly learning how to how to deal with it pretty quickly. It's getting pretty, pretty frustrating and really emotionally draining, put so much into a week, you know, to try and get a result and then to come up short like the way we had this particular last couple of weeks is, is, uh, is pretty draining. What's the chat? Oh, well, like, like it's an interesting one because the out on the field, it actually felt really good the whole game. There was no panic at any time. Like it was probably the best of, of felt as a group. Um, but, uh, and I, honestly, moving forward, I think like there's, we're not going to give up. We, there's got a lot, lot of fight in the group, so um, we certainly aren't uh, folding over or anything. We'll certainly give the Crusaders a, a heck of a crack this weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating getting um, apologies from referees saying they had got um, key moments wrong. Um, but it doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter for us because we, we still get a, a, a loss in, in the win-loss column. So um, as much as we appreciate them admitting that they got, might have got something wrong, it sort of doesn't help our, our fortunes at the moment. Would you rather not hear that at all? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, you almost rather they didn't say anything. But um, yeah, I guess... <sighs> They know that they that they were wrong, and you know it, it confirms, you know, our thinking that we're not just complaining um, uh, at nothing. Um, it's just frustrating that we're not getting any of those calls run run our way. Um, you know, one week it's um, a try pulled back, and then the next week they don't even check, and it's like, you know, it's pretty tough to take it to, uh, after a while. Mm. Can you make your own luck, Chipper? Can you with that kind of stuff? Oh, mate, I've been where they are. It's it is tough. Like the littlest decisions feel like the weight of the world on, on when you're wanting something so bad and it, it is so it's exactly that it's more emotional and, and it just drains you because you it's like every week you start build yourself up and say right this is the week this will turn it around and you put a hell of a lot into it and then it comes down to something you know so simple as that and then what it was at 81st minute um and i've been on the other side of it many a time and you do feel like 
because they they do mount up and you do get the emails from refs saying, oh, they got it wrong and, and they do mount up and it does become frustrating. Um, but it's unfortunate that, you know, you just got to move on and start again and start afresh and no doubt that's what they'll be doing this week. And, and you've got to, I think the beauty of Super Rugby Aotearoa is it, it is test match fever each week and uh, being a proud team like the Chiefs, you know, at home against the Crusaders uh, where they've already done a job on them, you know, the, the teams haven't changed so much already earlier in the year. Uh, makes for an exciting clash this weekend and, and no doubt um, with the Chiefs side with nothing to lose, uh, there's there's plenty to fear. Yeah, you could piss off a few other teams over the next couple of weeks, mate. Brad? Yeah, we'd like to. Um, certainly we'd have a bit of a dislike for the Crusaders and we've had probably a, a wood over them for the last sort of six or seven years. Um, so there will certainly be no fear from us heading into a game like that. And it's also Aaron Cruden's 100th game for the Chiefs this weekend. So certainly uh, plenty to draw upon in terms of motivation and um, hopefully do, do a good job and help you boys up the road a little bit, Jibber. I'm sure oh, you guys yeah, will be on. How long in, uh, until Liam Messon's back in the group? Yeah, no, I haven't. He's been hanging around at, at the at the Waikato gym, but he hasn't po- he hasn't popped his head into to the Chiefs yet. So we could... Um, I'm sure he'd be keen. I wonder how how hard it would be to. I see the bus is back for the, for hurricanes, so surely we can get get hunger back for us. Yeah, there's been a few of the old boys come back over the last few weeks, eh? It'd be interesting to see how the bus goes because obviously he had an interesting time in France. Um, but he was playing in the midfield, and they've lost Nani, um, and they brought in a winger. So is that the option? Well, they've lost they've lost Ben Lamb as well. He's gone. He's headed off to to France, is it? So they've also got a spot there. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't. Um, I wonder where he prefers to play. He's devastating wherever he goes. Um, how long has he been back for? Has he just got out of quarantine? Is that the guts? Or is... No, he's been back a while. I think no. he's been training pretty hard too. But I think they'll probably look with Vince Arso in the midfield before they probably go to Jules. Yeah, good, good option for cover on the bench. They do have a lot of wingers already, don't they? They've got um, Wes Hulson and Chase Tiatia can play out there. They do have a number of options out there, but if they've got that kind of that adaptability of a midfield slash winger. Yeah, but they'll want, I think, like we said, Ben Lamb's gone and they'll want like for like in that power winger spot. You know, those guys you named are all pretty similar, um, you know, sort of players on that right wing. They'll the way they play and the way they like to use their blindside winger, I'm sure um, he'll be in and around selection discussion for, the, for that left wing spot. Yeah, they did do a pretty interesting uh, selection job on the weekend, didn't they? When they brought in um, they brought in Wes for Corbus, and Corbus had been scoring tries really well, and then they switched that around, and it was just a stroke of genius. Yeah, but, I mean, Wes Wes has been performing for for the Hurricanes every week that he ever gets an opportunity. He's just, he's so quick, and um, I imagine they potentially wanted his speed up against um, George and, and Sevu. So, and it obviously worked to a treat. The few opportunities that he got, he really finished them off, man. He's, um, he's rapid. He's pretty good under the high ball, and the Crusaders like that box kick. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Brynn has been on here, and they love those sort of short box kicks for Bridgie to chase and, and compete. And it was an area we struggled against them with, but um, with West there, he's, he's solid, and obviously Geordie mm-hmm. as well. It's probably a decision around what they were going to face um, from the Crusaders and in the end if you look at the stats it's quite surprising um, that the Crusaders kicked less than the Hurricanes um, and, and in the past you know against you boys they kicked 42 times against us it was 36 times and then they only kicked 20 times for a loss against the Hurricanes so I don't think they managed to get their usual systems and, and game plan running 
And a lot of that is probably off the back, which surprisingly for me is, is their line-out. Like, I, I don't think I've seen a Crusaders line-out struggle uh, like this for, for a long time and probably just have to look at the guys missing, you know, especially Scott Barrett um, and co helping Sammy out. You know, they used to having Kieran Reid, who's one of the best jumping number eights in the world, um, not taking away from the guys that are there, but that experience probably just makes, you know, a bit of weight on Cody and, and Sam's shoulders and, and probably not just nailing it as crisp as they normally do. Yeah, the Crusaders have always pride themselves on set piece, right? And you, you drop that and suddenly it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, well, they normally just piggyback those penalties, go to the corner, go to their mall, and that's how they've got out of trouble in the past. Um, whereas on the weekend, they probably had to play a lot more. You know, statistically, they had a lot of ball. They had a lot more rucks, a lot more passes than the Hurricanes and, and probably played a different style than, than what they're used to because, you know, and I think that came off the back of not getting that secure pill at set piece, which obviously created opportunities for the Hurricanes. So is that the formula, Brad? Upset them at set piece and see what happens? I think that's always been the case with, with the Crusaders. If, if you can get stuck into them up front, bring a bit of niggle, um, they certainly seem to not like that. And um, then you can, you know, upset them in other, other areas, particularly around the breakdown. And um, you can see that they were really frustrated amongst uh, at times throughout the game. I mean, at case in point, that last, uh, last wee dust up with, you know, with things boiling over, it's just, you know, you slowly frustrate the Crusaders and, and your chance of beating them. And the Hurricanes really took it. They, you know, they played without fear. They got stuck in. I, I, was, re I was really impressed with their fullback, how they, um, you know, there's a few guys in there that, that aren't, huge household names but they um they really got stuck in and certainly i think fraser armstrong went went off in the sort of first 20 minutes so tavita muffalo had to come on and play 60 minutes in a big game and um guys like that stepping up make, makes a huge difference for the firepower that they've got out wide which they were able to release later on james be honest you're on the edge of the seat just pumping your fist when that um Wonga kick went wide right right when when they scored, it was what was it twenty nine twenty. I text Rangy uh, with Leo McDonald. And I was like, "Come on, the Canes, bring it home!" And then I thought I jinxed it. I was like, oh, "I've gone too early here. I've had a shocker." <laughs> um, but yeah, they got there, and and you know, he's, Richie is so clutch, man. Just apart from that kick, how good is that guy, man? He is just electric. Um, he's just playing exceptional footy. Um, but yeah, ma managed to go wide, but probably like. The thing that surprised me is just the Canes' discipline to play to a game plan. I think they had one offload compared to 16 of the Crusaders. Like, so they definitely went there with, we're going to go through the middle, we're going to go through our set piece, go through the middle, and then when we can get wide, wide, and get those breaches um, via the Safa Moore, who again I thought was mm. exceptional in those wide channels, but also his set piece work. And then they got those bends, and then they went straight to width again. Um, not many teams have been able to get outside of that Rush D of the Crusaders, and and I think you know it really showed. Um, I suppose missing you know Harvey in that, and um, also like the, the young fella at centre. Um, it, it just there wasn't their usual sort of consistency in their defence, uh, that which allowed those opportunities. And and you've got to take those opportunities. They took their try scoring opportunities, but then took their points as well. You know five penalties. Normally, you know, when you go down there to Crusaders, you're like, right, we've got to go to the corner. We have to win it, you know, via seven. Three's not going to do it. But Kane stuck to their guns. They stuck to that game plan for 80 minutes and got the reward. Yeah, it was pretty bloody exciting for the competition, right? We really couldn't have asked for much more than that. Oh, no. Nah, well, it, it was dead and buried if 
um, you know, if they didn't drop one and hopefully two this weekend. Uh, because, you know, even if you look at the points table now, they've obviously got a game in hand. Uh, you know, obviously from a Blues point of view, we'd probably need two bonus points with our two games to go. So it's still definitely weighted in their favour, but it's opened up a little bit more. And, and as we sort of spoke about earlier, if Chiefs and, and Landers um, can do um, what they do. But, you know, even when you say that, Hurricanes are still going to win their games and we've still got to win ours. We've got a tough challenge. It's just, it's tight. It's tight and, and exciting, I suppose. Brad, we'd be remiss. You mentioned Niggle. Tell us the story. What happened with Nagy? What happened there? The the punch up of the, the two welterweights or bantamweights or flyweights or whatever you guys are. Yeah, the main event of the evening. Um, <laughs> no, I just... I knew this would come up, so I uh, I kind of caught. He's sort of falling down, and, and as he's ball carrying, and I sort of got him with a bit of a, a bit of a swinging arm. But it was his head was nearly hitting the ground. That you know there was nowhere else for for me to tackle him um, at first, and I I knew I caught him pretty flush in the face, and I could hear him mouthing off at um, I think it was Trusky on the on the ground, and I sort of stood up. I was like, I know it was me, so I just stood in and was just like, right. Like, let's go if you if you want to have a crack like this you know i'm ready to go uh, and then he just started doing the freestyle swimming but uh it didn't quite connect with anything so i was ready to crack it, to have a have a go at him but um but we never we didn't actually get to to do anything and then the boys come running in someone just lifted nuggy out i think mitch brown come over the top and um gave him a bit of something around his collar but um no nothing mate it was a nothing talking like point it was a talking point last week. Uh, who who would have won if if you were let out and I backed you, mate? Backed oh, you you're a good man, Jipper. Yeah, very weird, mate. He's got the big ticker. He'll he'll, he'll go to the death. I reckon I'd have to. It'd have to for me. It'd have to be within the first sort of three or four. I'd have to have a good nudge because I just don't know if I could take a punch. Like I reckon I'd be able to throw one, <laughs> but I reckon I'd get one on my on my schnoz and I'd just be like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> oh, I'm with you on that. I've got a fragile head at the best of times. Yeah. Duck and weave. You wouldn't mind one maybe straightening up that schnoz. Get one from the other side. Well, funnily enough, I actually have had this straightened. So I, I think I'd broken my nose sort of three or four times, but all the same way. So it kept it ended up sitting like right under my eye here. And um, I oh, Blake and, Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, it was like Blake Ferguson. So I had to go and see the guy because um, I couldn't breathe out of it anymore. So he he straightened it up, but. He kind of didn't do a flash job, did he? I think he might need to go see him again. Or if you guys know any good plastic surgeons. Just wait, wait till the end of your career, I'd say. You'll love it before the end of your career. That's going to be your, your call sign. You could be the face of it. The third party deal. No straightening. <laughs> you guys want to be uh, my manager or agents here? All these great ideas. I think some commercial stuff would be great. <laughs> Tell me, what I want to know is, so when you got up and you were like, this is on me, did you literally say that to Aaron? Like, look, that was my forearm, mate. If you're going to punch someone, punch me. Oh, I kind of just jumped in and just grabbed him by the sort of by the collar and was just like, yeah, it was me. And then he was kind of mouthing off at me about saying that I punched him in the face. And I was like, look, mate, you're falling to the ground. There was nowhere for my fist to go other than around your head. So just general play. And he was, but it, I was glad that sort of happened because I mean, oh, at the time I was glad because I was like, sweet, I'm in, I'm in Nuggy's head, like. You know, he might he might um, think about overthink about this too much, but probably ended up firing him up even more, and then he came home strong later in that game, and obviously did what he did. So 
probably wasn't a great great thing for me, but we had a good laugh about it after the game anyway, so we're all good. Yeah, okay. Let's take it to a halfback Royal Rumble then, take it right across the country. <laughs> I, I would thought maybe TJ would go in his favourite. Yeah. He's got the reach. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's a bit... And if there was such a thing, he would train the house down... Like, even if there were rugby games being played in between, he'd just constantly boxing and MMA fight until the actual thing happened. So he'd be the most prepared, I would imagine. There was another halfback who took a beating on the weekend, uh, our mate Bryn. He got a serious <laughs> bump off from Artie. <laughs> uh, that was a shocker. <laughs> Have either of you guys got a yard about the biggest bump off you've copped? Oh, mate, I, I remember, like, sort of second year in, um, over in Sydney playing the Waratahs and Skelton just swatted me like a fly. Like, honestly, I, I rushed up. Like, there'd been talk about him all week. I was probably 100 kilos ringing wet at that stage. You know, I was pretty young. And I was like, right, I'll bring line speed because I knew that's the only hope I had. Um, so I brought it and literally he just, oh, I don't know if there's footage, I'd, I'd show you. But it's like I was just indented into the grass, just flung off. And then another one, think Nasi Manu and when Harbour played Canterbury this one's not as bad because you know I used to those massive charging runs when you'd put mm. a kickback and for some reason he just lined me up came straight at me and, and like I was just like oh well, I've chucked my body there and I managed to like as I was like falling back like ripped his ripped the ball out and got a knock on <laughs> <laughs> and I was so pumped like got up and I was like yeah 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 and then I watched the replay um you know like doing review and I was like it's so embarrassing that I celebrated that I should have just kept quiet <laughs> um, he came at me again, uh, but I, I went a little bit lower the second time. But yeah, those are the two that, that I remember, those two big boys just swatting me. Will Scallon's good. If you can find the footage, I, literally, I look like a fly, like just a rat. I'm sure Ross can, can dig that one up from the Sky Sport archives, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know what year it is. I wish, it, yeah. I, wish I could, because it, it, it was funny. Charlie Farmer still probably laughs about it to this day. He, he giggled. He was inside me and started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I mean, I've, I've had plenty. When you're my size, everybody's a, a chance at bumping me off. But, um, I mean, I had a good couple from, we're talking about Julian Savio before. I mean, the first time I played him, I tried to have a, have a crack as, as he was running down the sideline. But I don't even think he noticed me trying to tackle him <laughs> straight to me. Um, but the one I, one I do remember is I was playing for Hawke's Bay against Wellington and they had a small halfback there too. I can't remember what his name was off the top of my head now, but he took like a quick tap and I thought, sweet, here's a guy my size. I'm going to have a crack and see if I can finally put a decent shot on. So I flew up to try and get him and he saw me and just run straight at me and then just full bumped me off. So it was <laughs> incredibly embarrassing thinking I was going to put this big shot on, but I ended up just stuffing myself up. You know what I don't get though? Like I always think if you get bumped off, the quicker you get up, the less damage it does to your ego. You know, like just get back in the line, get that quick. But the guys that stay on the ground, it's like I'm just when I'm watching that or you know, especially NRL stuff, the guys stay on the ground, I'm like, get up, mate, get up, yeah. just get in that line as quick as possible. Yeah. Because if it, you just stay there, you just oh, it's just so obvious. And then they're just gonna replay it and replay <laughs> it. Exactly. You look tough as nails if you get straight up after a hit like that. Yeah, oh, he's taken that well. And then yeah. it's not 10 replays later and you're still lying down and the medics are just seeing you because your ego's dented. We get a feed at Sky Sport. It's called the ISO feed and it's like um, all of the cameras and like two or three of them in slow-mo from all around the ground. And like, There's usually you know 14 cameras around the ground and test matches are over 20. And so you get something like that and you get the bump off. 
and then it gets put into this feed and at the end of the game you go through all of the highlights from every single angle and those bump offs are amazing you can put together these incredible highlights reels of just the guy getting it over and over and over again it's great from your point of view but if you're the guy getting bumped off oh my gosh there's nothing more demoralizing Actually, this this like I was just thinking um, about all those angles. Do you uh, do you remember the fight that um, Tony Lamborn had for Hawks Bay against Channel <laughs> Two like two or three years ago? And, like one of the biggest like genuine punches being thrown. I think one of the one or two guys come in and um, had like a flying knee to someone's head and stuff. And so I didn't I had no idea about all these different angles, but because Tony had to go up to the judiciary to obviously be seen like how many weeks he's going to get he had to get sent all the all the footage so that he could put up a bit of an argument you know an argument to to the judiciary as to why he did it or, or to try and get off and so he sent through all the different angles and all the footage through to our what our team whatsapp group so we got to see everything and seeing some of the slow-mo of just guys running in throwing punches and everything it was outstanding so you guys in your uh, production um truck ross must have um must have some really good, uh, some really good shots. It's it's some really, uh, some really good things, especially that slow mo stuff. That was yeah. the best. That was the best part to see. It's pretty amazing. I did a story with Tony um, before I think the third week of uh, Super Rugby pre COVID, and you know it was kind of a hero story. You know, like he'd scored that try and he'd finally got his big break. And I was going through all of the highlights, and I was like, should I or shouldn't I? You know, <laughs> like this is a family story. Should I? Or shouldn't I? I was going through all of those. I was thinking, damn. He probably <laughs> would have loved it if you did. Yeah, yeah he, he wears it like a badge that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a cracking fight. Don't don't get too many of them anymore, do we? So it was nice to see someone actually. Th- well, you know, it was nice to see someone throw that. <laughs> <laughs> Not condoning violence here. <laughs> he did the battle. He did the battle. Exactly. Yeah, there was a good one at the end of that Crusaders game on the weekend. I think someone went oh, over yeah. the edge of the uh, advertising hoardings too. That was yeah, I think Artie rushed in and, and put Quentin Strange over. Yeah, didn't he look funny? Just like. I know. On the bat, like, what can you do then? Like, it's devastating because he's yeah. just like, you just have to let it, let Artie go and go, oh, I'm on the ground here. This is, <laughs> this is not great. Uh, then to get the yellow card, too, yeah, like a sucker punch. I was like, oh. He, he must have got Geordie pretty good, though, because Geordie's mm. nose was, was streaming. Was his I, was, or I was hoping Geordie would retaliate and just start swinging after he got that one, but he just cried to the ref. Well. Probably the right thing to do, but it would have been good to see Big Geordie go swinging too. After a club rugby game, you would cop something like that at a court session. Do, do you <laughs> cop it at all after a super rugby game? No, it depends if you win or lose. If you win, it's a little bit more fun and games and you might, but if you lose, yeah, no, nah, it's pretty somber in the old changing sheds if you lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you might cop it like fun. Monday morning. Once it's settled down, you know, it, it, like if you do your mini team stuff and that's when you probably cough it most, but straight after a loss, maybe not. If you've won, you'll probably be laughing about it because it doesn't mean as much. One of the other things we saw at that game um, was the new trophy. We spoke about it last week on the podcast. Um, very cool trophy for Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, can't drink out of it though. No. No, I don't know. Unless they've got a little little hole in the the wooden base. You can do a shoey of some sort. <laughs> uh, but no, no, there's, there's nowhere to put anything in. But it, it certainly is cool, and I think it represents the comp um, really well um, and what it's about, especially after COVID. So I think it's exciting. Um, 
I think Bryn will have to hold off the Carpenters. He was talking about making more room in the trophy cabinet, so he might just need to hold back on those uh, Carpenters coming in to make that, that room. Classic Bryn. <laughs> oh, mate, you should have heard him last week. <laughs> but what about trophies you guys have won? Has it been a particular trophy? You have a <laughs> That's good a cool gun? question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I leave? I'll leave you to it, Webby. I'll leave you to it. I'll see you later. <laughs> Most improved doesn't count, I suppose. Um, oh, no. well, we won uh, the championship to get up to the premiership. That was a oh, yeah. that was that's a good big trophy. Um, that that you could fill that pretty high. Uh, that had good. That had a good few days in Takapuna. Um, and the shield, obviously, in 06. and we had it again in 07, obviously, to defend it. Uh, not too much drinking can be put into that, but a fair amount, a fair amount goes on with the old yeah. shield. Plenty of stories come out of uh, out of the shield. I don't think it would fit the COVID um, regime these days. The old shield, it might yeah. need a good clean. <laughs> Absolutely, if that thing could talk, that was probably yeah, that's probably the main sort of trophy. Odd one was with with the young Waikato team back in 2015, and we had a, that was our last game of the season. So we had a hell, didn't we win it back? Did you go back to Hawke's Bay and win it back or nah, something? Didn't no, you have it? I, I went back to Hawke's Bay and we challenged Waikato for it um, a couple of years later, but uh, we lost that game. What was the so, game? Was it the game you won it when you scored a hat-trick? Did you score a hat-trick? Yeah, that was four. Yeah, four yeah. That was my last game for Waikato oh, yeah, against yeah. Hawke's Bay. And then I went to Hawke's Bay. And I, was, I'd, I was already signed for Hawke's Bay for the following year. So, I, you know, before the game started, I knew I was going there. But um, it was 100% worth it. Best week of my life. And... I would do it all over again. Like I, any promo I ever go to in Hawke's Bay now, that's the first question that ever pops up. It's like, why did you take the shield from us? <laughs> so I'll say I'll do it a hundred times over a hundred again because it's totally worth it. But man, if that thing could tell um, tell a yarn, it'd be. I, I, I think I was talking to Anton Leonard Brown the other day, and he was even saying like, what if someone with enough contacts put together genuine shield stories, but obviously all under the cloud of um, being anonymous. Yeah. And what, like, imagine the sort of coffee book magazine that would be. Um, It'd be an all-time seller. Yeah. What about, to give us one or two without names. <laughs> you could <can> go. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember nearly, um, nearly losing it. We, because every year for, for Waikato, we have the mile, which is like, you start down one end of Victoria Street and it's just a pub crawl right up to the other end. Um, and I got a call from my manager the next morning, Dusty as, and he's like, where's the shield? We've got it for this, uh, this marketing stuff now. And I was like, I've got no idea. I don't have it. Text around the boys. Nobody's got it. So everyone's, you know, your heart's sinking like, fuck, I've lost the bloody shield. Like, so we started recounting us. So I was like, leave it with me. I started recounting my steps from one end, the, the end of Victoria Street that we finished on and started walking back. Looked in shenanigans, the Irish pub on the corner, and boom, there it was just sitting there on a big bar liner, just like in all its glory. It was like it was meant to be. So, surely uh, no one would ever steal it. Like, well, you, that's, if you that's, found it, you'd give it back. Surely. That's, the th that's the thing, yeah. I'll, you did wonder, like, you wouldn't be able to steal it because everybody, it's just, everybody knows about it. So it's, it, unless you like took it for ransom and tried to um, 
Yeah, have it for a day and then maybe come clean. Mm. I'd say because you you just yeah you wouldn't people would be like well there's the shield I know who's got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you would have had some real decent ones from back in that that day, Gyps. Yeah, well, it sort of derailed our season a little bit in 06 because we were top of the table or there or thereabouts. I think we, it was 1v8. Um, so we won the Shield last round against Canterbury. So we had it for the summer. Obviously a good time that week. Then had the quarterfinal and got pumped by Otago at home. I think it was first first V8 or something. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But it, it, it wouldn't be the first team to have the Shield um, sort of derail. <laughs> you know, you've, you've won. You know, that was probably one of our better years, Harbour. Well, probably the better, best year. Because I think we finished first or second, I can't remember, in the regular season mm. um, and with the Shield, but we didn't get that week right. Um, I was a young buck. Like, I didn't even play in the game, but like in and around the squads, they thought it was Christmas and, and Jonah was in the team. So it was, it was was um, he, he was well-connected. So it was a, it was a good time yeah. uh, had by all, especially me, because I didn't have to front up and play Otago on Saturday. <laughs> 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 what was that like having Jonah come into the team that late? I mean, at that point, it was the end of his career. He was awesome with us young guys because, like, we were just in awe, you know. Like, we grew up watching him and, like, um, he was just most generous guy. Like, you know, if you, you know, back then, it was pretty hard to even get shoes and boots. Like, you just sort of sorted yourself out. And, um, you know, he obviously had good connections with Adidas. He was hooking us all up with Adidas shoes and stuff like that. It was just, um, you know, that's, it seems sort of silly, but, like, little things like that mean so much when uh, you're a young fella and, um, he just was truly like I know he didn't play his best footy, but he he sort of was so professional. Um, he was always doing extras, you know. He's always in the gym, um, those sorts of things that you pick up on, and you can see, you know, had his body led him, he would have just been dominating the sport for so much, you know, so many more years than than he was allowed to. But yeah, it was sort of starstruck. Even the guys that have been around ages was was starstruck by him, and um, I think he ended up playing four or five games, but. As we know, it wasn't at the peak of his career. But he just loved the game, eh? That's probably what it came down to. Yeah, but I think he just loved the camaraderie of it, the the, the um, you know the friendships and the bonds. Like he just made so much effort to get around and know everyone, not just like the senior boys, all the way down to like I was just academy as well. Like, um, yeah, like as I say, like we were just in all like we didn't talk too much. Obviously, we just listened. But um, no, nah, he was he was pretty impressive. And just, yeah, as I said, just a genuine good dude. Brad, do you have a player you've played with who you've been like, damn, I can't believe I'm on the same team as this guy? Funnily enough, it was um, Tomo for me. When I was when I was in Dunedin and I first made the Otago team, Adam Thompson come down and played a fair bit with us. And I was a big fan of his at the time. And um, it was pretty cool to have him. I remember he, he run our end of season Cordy and I was just like, I just loved it. Like um, being around someone like that, it was so professional at, at the time and for a, for a young fellow still at uni um, sort of showed me you know, how, thing, how things are run as a true professional and then now, you know, how the tables have turned, he's come back in um, with us and played um, played his 100th, 100th Super Rugby game and um, here I am playing with it so playing with him um, for it so um, it's, it's funny how it all comes in roundabouts. Did you felt from on the weekend, eh? He just needed that ball to bounce up to him. <laughs> oh, I know it would have been a fairy tale ending for the man. I didn't feel for him. I love him. But <laughs> I didn't feel for him. <laughs> I, tell yeah, you, I met him for the first time in a Barbas tour, and, and like you say, he's professional, but he knows how to have the balance of a good mm. time as well. Um, he's yeah. I, I had a little bit of a, a man crush on him after after that Barbas tour because he just man, he can run a good cordy and just run yep. a good cutter. 
off the field. Um, he's a hell of hell of an entertainer. Barbar's tour up in the UK. Yeah, and it was just before I made the ABs, and um, just oh man, he was just awesome. He just yeah, he was he was awesome to me. Um, just around you know not even only having fun the Barbar's week, but when I got named in the All Blacks, just telling me what to expect and how you know how to act and and how to sort of prepare before I went in there. Um, you know, he was and just so supportive. Like we'd known each other a week, really. Like we'd always played each other, but it was like we'd known each other for years. Um, so you know, even to the point like from that tour, like I messaged him before his hundredth on the weekend. You know, wishing him luck. Obviously, I told him not to play too well, but um, just you know, because that's you know, you know, you know, spend a week with a guy like that. He's sort of is a friend forever. You know. Yeah, he's he's just one of the nice guys, one of the real good guys of rugby. I think he's genuine. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Like he's just. Um, you sort of see a guy that's that talented and, and you know won a World Cup, and but when he gets down to it, he's just a, he's just a good bloke, but he's genuine about it, and and he, he just cares for people. I think those are the ones that are always the best. That you know, just that people first rather than rather than footy, footy, footy. Uh, those Barbars tours, I've heard stories about brown, brown envelopes full of cash um, being on your bed before your uh, your first week and then you just go out and spend it up large. Is that what happens? You don't have to spend too much to be honest. It's put on. Um, I confirm there's, there is brown envelopes. Um, not, um, but it, when you, the week of is, is you're pretty well looked after. Um, but it's not just left on your bed. It's there's a bit more of a formal formality to it. Um, um, but, oh, it's just one of the great. Have you done it, Willoughby? No, I've I've never I've tried I've tried to get on it, but it's just never never quite worked out. I think I was I was gonna I was trying to get on the one that just that had just been last, end of last year, but yeah, um, after the World Cup and stuff, it was all a bit, a bit of a big year. So yeah, to, but it looks I'm real keen one day. It'd be least, right up your alley. Oh, you you would perfect. you would thrive. <laughs> you would thrive. I'll say no more than Jeff. That's. <laughs> I tell you what, get him with Tomo. Tell Tomo to get he mm-hmm. he can pull some strings. He he knows everyone up there. Yeah, well. he, he knows his way in. I've been knocking on his door to try and get back on. The other story I've heard is that there's just a massive court session at the start, and half the players end up waking up in the team room, don't even make it back to their bedrooms. Uh yeah. There's not a lot of sleep. Um, it's not so much a court session. You go out for dinner and stuff, and then we had Matt Stevens on our one, the ex English prop. Um, he's I think Saffa born. And he was—he sort of prided himself as, um, you know, knowing his way around London. So he took care of quite a lot of it. But you, you almost—it's more of a, well, our first night was like out for dinner. Um, first few nights, and you know, sort of bouncing around clubs and pubs and stuff, um, having a good time. But we still had to train. Like J.K. was at our coach. We we were up training and stuff. Well, what you call training barbers, it's it's pretty limited bit of touch and a, and a few moves. But the year we played it, we had a bit of fun with it. You know, we had Stephen Lewatour doing that NFL pass. Um, I think Colin Slade doing a reverse kick for Angus Tarvel to run onto. Um, so we had plenty of fun in, in, in our game plan and managed to nearly sneak one um, off the Wallabies. Lost in the last minute, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so it wasn't so much. The court session was sort of after the game. Um, in Twickenham and then there was a bus ride we were playing a second game I think up in Northampton or something so there was a good bus ride and a, a courtier at the end of that um, and because the squad's so big um, you know the guys that had played the, the Aussies weren't always backing up for that sort of club game I'm afraid you got to get on that mate oh no I'm looking at my lips <laughs> yeah I have to thank JK for that one because there was no way I was getting on 
um, that trip at that stage of my career, you know, like I hadn't played any international footy, so it was just right coach, right time. And it's so much of it is, is who is coaching. Mm. Um, if you know the coach, it's, it's a big way to get in. The year I, I was up there, I think 2018, and I went to a bar bars training and Razor was assisting Robbie Deans on that particular bar bars tour. And uh, Razor came over as he does and, you know, just says g'day and all that. And he goes, I said, oh, what have you been up to? He goes, well, I've made, I arrived yesterday afternoon, went straight to a cafe, we cracked open a bottle of red wine and that was us for the night. <laughs> I was like, no need for team talks, don't need to get anything nah. together. That, that is great. It's amazing, like, it does show that sometimes you can overthink a week because, like, we didn't do much structure stuff, but it flowed on the, on the day of the game. Like, we'd been together for weeks or months, you know. We didn't even know half the guys until Monday. It's crazy. It's a good week. I tell you who went really well was um, Frank Halai and um, Tim Nano Williams. They 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 played really well, but they also went really well uh, off the field. Slim to slim to none sleep for those boys. Yeah, doesn't surprise me with Tim Nano. <laughs> yeah, Frankie's the same. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, yeah. <laughs> a couple of legendary party boys, eh? Who would probably be the most legendary party boy that you guys have played with? Jesus. A tough one. Yeah. Would have liked that in the sheet to have a think about. <laughs> the run sheet. Maybe we'll need to come back to that one next week. Yeah. I don't want to get it wrong. I never played with, with him, but is Ali Williams one for you, Jeff? Was... Oh, yeah, he was good. Actually, I saw Toyava too. He was, they, 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 both those boys when I was first in the, in the camp were pretty good. Yeah. Um, um, Trent Renata for me, actually. Trent Renata, oh, the party, party starter. Party starter. <laughs> <laughs> he could just go and go and go. And he he uh, he was down at my rugby club in Dunedin, so he fit right in. Actually, Woody was pretty good. He's not a big partier, like mm. he's not someone that's going to go out, but he can he can hold form for a good couple of days. Yeah. When, and when you get him and Hori together, <laughs> um, that that's you have to be of elite caliber to stay with those two. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Whopper, Whopper often tries to. Yeah, he he get in he's, with those boys. Yeah, he has. He's there was one story I think Whopper they they got into tobacco and the um you know you put tobacco on a pipe <laughs> and they started doing a choo choo train and and you know if you do it quite a lot you can sort of you know I suppose faint as such and yeah. and I think Whopper had a good go at that one night with those those boys. They've got me with that one too, so I can't can't say he's alone there. Yeah. yeah. But for me, Woody, that I've witnessed, he, he's, he's he goes good. Stamina. Like I say, he's not going to be dancing. Yeah. He's certainly yeah. a bar leaner. Yeah. 
Lachlan Bashir's a guy who's a bit of an understated guy. I can't imagine him dancing. But Brad, <laughs> my God, he can play, can't he? He can. I, I, I'll um, debunk that myth. He would actually be one of the main guys in the in the dance floor. Funny enough, he's got this thing <laughs> where, you know how you, when he's on the ball, he's just got this ability to squat down real low and, and get the boys like, con, like a contortionist. So that's kind of like his main dance move as well. He kind of like gets this real deep squat going on the <laughs> that's his main thing but um yeah he's he's been great he, he's been in probably our best player all season and um i think um like because he, he's always been a, a battler um always sort of been solid but this year's sort of really really stood out particularly with his uh, ability to get over the ball and, and win turnovers at crucial times he's saved our bacon a, a fair few times throughout this this whole uh this whole year um, I think it was, to be honest, I think it was probably due a lot, bit of it down to, to Gats. Um, I remember asking Lockie, like, what's, you know, what's been the difference? What's sort of flipped the switch? Is it your preseason? He's just kind of like, nah, was, Gats sort of said, said to me, he's like, you know, we've got a lot of good Lucy's here. So, you know, what's your, what's your point of difference going to be? Like, what, you know, you're going to have to force me to, to pick here. What, you know, what can you do that um, no one else can do? And he sort of sat back and said, well, and get over the ball pretty good, so maybe I'll give that a real decent crack this year. And um, man, it's worked for him. He's been. Um, he's sort of always had that form at, at Taranaki, though, hasn't mm. he? Like he's always. I know when we've played them, like he, you've the whole time of his career, like you just got to get Bo Shear. You know, almost if you get the chance, run at him so he's making the tackle, uh, not not hovering and around for those steals because. Mm. He's probably the most legal at it too, yep. you know, like he actually holds his own body weight. A lot of guys don't actually hold their own body weight, but it's a, it's a clear picture to the ref. Some guys are off it, but he's genuinely probably the best at it, you know, him, you know, sort of Pocock-esque um, mm. of, of withstanding a clean out and, and holding that body weight and attacking the ball. And he's done that for years for Taranaki and, and at a high, high level. And he's almost, he's almost that Mitre 10 cup form is now super form. So, you know, if he doesn't make the All Blacks and he's back um, in the Mitre 10 Cup, you know, he, you know that that's this sort of confidence at this level is going to filter down to what he can deliver there. And I, I'm sure he's knocking on the door of the ABs um, as well. Is he one of those guys who is as good as the level he's at? So if you took him to the ABs, he'd just stick up, step up to that level and be there as well? Like, you know, you could get in with a higher quality of player and be even better, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's particularly if you've got all these brilliant players around him, um, it would just allow him to be able to do his job really well. And if he's just focusing on, you know, getting over the ball, making tackles, um, you know, he's clearly elite at it. And if you just gave him the license to do that at that level with the quality of players around him, um, I think you'd see another level of Lachlan. And um, yeah, I, I tend to agree as, as well, Jipper, like he, Probably insane. I guess like maybe the pressures of, of Super Rugby and and trying to do or trying to think about your job so much um, to you know around more than just um, getting over the ball. Maybe he just simplified things this year where he wasn't thinking about all these other different parts of his game. He just thought, you know, I'm good at get over the ball. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to focus on. When I get to see an opportunity, I'm going to take it, and that's um, that's what he's done. And so I imagine if he's Taking that mindset now with Super Rugby, I don't think it would be an issue for him moving up to, to international level as well. He's got the line-out ability as well, isn't he? Like, he's a very high-quality line-out forward at the front. Yeah, he's kind of cheeky, like, 
funnel it like cheeky tall and sort of cheeky heavy as well. Like he doesn't look tall or look heavy, but then sort of when you ask him how heavy and tall he is, you realize, oh yeah, he's actually, he is a big boy. So um, yeah, he's great in the line out for us to give us another option is, um, and can clearly cover six and seven, which is, is, is pretty good for him. Maybe have a chat with him about, you know, his try scoring celebrations though. Maybe he could get that dance on. <laughs> there's not much of a celebration going on there and he's scoring a bunch of tries. Now we, he's the, he's the type of guy that in, he looks, no matter how tired you are, just look at Lachlan and automatically you'll feel better because he just looks absolutely rooted after five minutes. So um, I don't think he's got any energy left to do a try celebration, let alone um, get the deep squat going. But um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always on him. Like if he gets a turn, because in previous times, if he gets a turnover and he wins the penalty, the camera's, you know, right on him and he just looks, he looks sick. Like he's that rooted, so I'm always into him. Like, get up, stop looking, stop looking so rooted. And he thanks me for it afterwards. I don't mind the run back halfway. It's a good <laughs> old school celebration. Just dot it down and sprint back. Yeah, that, that's that's a front row thing, isn't it? No. Yeah, well, we are tired all the time. We might not. <laughs> we, we don't just look it. We are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, definitely. The I always get teased in our team. Like, if there's a try, like I might be near the boys to celebrate and, and it's uh, like, it's, it's a U-turn and sprint to sprint to halfway. And they always get into me. I said, mate, I just know that the sooner I get back to halfway, the sooner I can start breathing. <laughs> no pats on the bum from you. eh? If I'm close enough and it's a big moment, I'll, I'll be in there. Um, but I'm probably not looking for high mets of 40 meters if I'm too <laughs> far away. Uh, one of the other guys is obviously in great form. Paddy Tui Pelotu. Is he the best lock in the country right now? Oh, I personally think he is, um, not just on his physical ability and, and his carries and his tackle, but what, you know, you just got to look at our line-out um, success and, um, you know, it hasn't been a, you know, we've we've gone all right. We've been around, you know, the, the top mid-pack in the past, but um, we, we're now winning our own ball and stealing a lot of ball. Um, and, and a lot of that's down to him at the back calling. He's confident in his calling. He's confident in, in where he sees the space and, and backs it. Um, and obviously the same getting up and, and stealing ball. He's worked really well with Hoskins Satuta and, and that sort of area. So I think it's those those areas of growth that are now making him into that, you know, player that you'd think is a, is a must-see in, in an all-black jersey. Whereas we already know his physical um, prowess with ball in hand and, and defence. But his core roles, um, along with his growth as a leader, um, it sort of sets him above at the moment, in my opinion. Is that something you just have the ability of knowing space in a lineout? Is that a thing that you've either got or you don't, or is that an easy thing to learn? Uh, I think it's it's a collaboration, obviously, with with uh, it's myself, Josh Goodhue, um, Jared Cowley, and him coming up with and Tom Coventry, obviously, and coming up with a plan that you believe in, all of you believe in, and and you see it on the tape, and you see why you're going with those lineouts. I think that's the first step. But then it's it's also um, you know game day, not just resorting to the front, you know, chancing you know your arm and, and backing yourself what you see, and and I just think that comes over time. And and once you get a couple, it's like anything in, in rugby. Once you got that confidence and you, and you have a couple of you know calls that you know work for you, he's just growing. You know that Hurricanes game round one for us, our lineup was really good. His calling was really good, and you know he got a lot of pats on the back for that and then it's just sort of flowed from there and we had a good um, second week against the Chiefs and then probably our worst week was the Highlanders only you know lost two out of 15 whereas um, and 
and sometimes when you lose a couple, you just resort to the front um, because you know you're going to win it. But you know, he always he just stayed true and stayed strong, and, and that's for me. That's where I see his his biggest growth in, in this um, Super Rugby comp. And does that give you more confidence as a hooker when you know the confidence of where those people are moving to as you're about to throw the ball? Yeah, massively, and and it gives you massive confidence when you've got a caller that just backs himself and backs that you know even if he's against someone. You know, Whitelock's been the best at it. You know, someone will be right next to him. He still calls himself because, um, you know, that's he backs his speed and, and his plan. And um, that's where I think Paddy's game's getting to, which is great. And you halfbacks are just saying, put it to the back of the line out every time. Just put it to the back of the line out and let me give it some air. It can't be that hard, can it? Oh, my in. gosh. Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. So everything, everything, all the backs and halfbacks, everything, it's just, just get it off the back, mate. Just get it off the back. Tell you what, we were, we were preparing the other day actually for if a hooker was in the sin bin and then there's some, you know. Then oh, you're throwing a few darts, are you? And I'll call it, throw it, call it to the back, boys. I've got it. Easy. I don't know why you got where you hook the, the, the problem is, is you probably had no defense there. It's easy to throw it there, but if someone's standing right there and plucks it off you, it's no, laser uh, focus locked in right to the back. Maybe you should, just, you should just, you should get alongside. Um, Brad and, and Samasoni and just run a run a clinic. Yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to dishearten them too much, so I did it away from them and did a couple um, of dusty ones. I bet too. Hell no, they are all money ball. And what happens if the hooker is off and they need you to go into a scrum though? They'd be lifting you off the ground. You'd be golden oldies. That's <laughs> <laughs> safe. That's safety first. I don't want to break my neck in one of those. Yeah. Things. <laughs> uh, one of the talking points in my house on the weekend. Um, my wife's not huge on rugby. Like she watches it because she's sitting next to me, but um, she's not huge on rugby. She comes from a football family. And after the game, uh, the Crusaders game, Cody Taylor said they wanted it more than us, which is, you know, pretty normal post-match chat from a skipper. And we started getting into a conversation about what that comment actually means and the, the fallout from that comment. Because to me, like after thinking about it for a while, that has got to be what one of the most cutting comments for a team, possibly. The, the concept that we didn't want it as much as them. Like, is that is that almost the the, the hardest comment to hear your captain say? It's it's questioning your attitude, I think. And that yeah, that part hurts. Like, you can live with a loss if your skill set wasn't quite high enough, or um, you know, tactically you might have missed a couple of things, but when you're questioned around your effort or your attitude, that one really stings a lot. So um, I imagine that that's the sort of message that Cody is trying to send that that wasn't good enough attitude-wise. And if we turn up again like that, then that's the result that's going to happen. So I'm sure they'll be having a, a decent look at that through the week. Yeah, and I think whenever captains make that comment, it's normally around the collision areas of of breakdown, gain line carries, defence, um, missed tackles, you know work off the ball to get back and, and escorts and those sorts of things. So he, by that, I'd say he's meaning the Hurricanes probably won the, the, the upfront battle and, and then the smaller detail around those those work areas. Um, and it's it's common. I think Paddy said the same thing after our loss to the Hurricanes the week before. Um, so it's certainly not something you, you want to hear, but, you know, after our Canes game, you know, it was, it was probably one of our best weeks training – for the Chiefs game just being because it, that hurt and it cut so deep to hear that from your skip and for him to say it publicly as well. And for the opposition that's coming up next week, it's also probably the one thing that you don't want to hear. 
yeah, it's probably a warning for us that, that they're going to try and bring plenty of physicality and um, get stuck in. But um, there's one thing about us that, that, that we won't, uh, we'll be bringing that just as much. So, um, yeah, be a bit of fire on fire, I think, this weekend. Sounds like a bit of fun. For the big boys, it'll be fun, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get front seat of that, hopefully. Why is it that the Chiefs versus the Crusaders is so fiery? Like, I remember hearing some comments earlier in the year that the Crusaders really dislike you guys. What is it about the combination of these two teams that creates a clash? Well, I think I think for a long time, we didn't really like the way that the Crusaders, um, you know, carried themselves. Like that. Obviously, because they were so good that, um, you know, we, we sort of drummed, drummed up the, this uh, thing that, you know, they thought that they were better than us. Um, you know, it's not necessarily true, but we, you know, if we say that, then it sort of brings you a fair bit of motivation for, for guys that are untested. And I remember guys like Tony Latimer and, and Liam Messam sort of saying things like that, and it sort of really got me fizzed up. So, um, And then with the amount of niggle that players that we've had in the, in the past brought to the Crusaders to try and get under their skin and, and, and upset them a little bit, I think they really didn't like. Um and you know they know we're going to bring it. They they expect that. So um, you've had a lot of success against them as well over you know yeah. the last ten years, which wouldn't sit well with them. So that's where their their angle comes from as well. You know they they do like that they're the pinnacle of the game, and they've been that for the last three years. But I think you know that 2012 2013 era where the Chiefs were the, the team to beat, and they were the team that was the attitude team, you know, with guys like Lats and, and Hunger, the way they led that and, and drove it alongside Craig Clark um, and bringing up guys, you know, like Sammy Kane and, and Brody Retallick um, through that culture. I think that's where that sort of fested from, from the outside looking in, um, you know, and, and you speak to Tom Coventry and the way it was run, um, it was pretty brutal. Yep. Trainings were brutal, probably more brutal than the games by all accounts. Oh, yeah, there's some tough days under Renz and Tom. I think even earlier than that, um, Sioni Lawaki used to do a number on the Crusaders for the Chiefs. Used to get real fired up and start smashing people. I think it was just the Crusaders. <laughs> yeah. There's that awesome clip of him just throwing Richie off, isn't there? Like, he just epitomised um, the Chiefs' attitude towards towards the Crusaders, I guess. Uh, what about the Blues Highlanders? Is there much feeling to that? Oh, mate, there is. Um, you know, obviously, Gordon Hunter Memorial Trophy's on the line, um, and you can only win it um, at the holder's home ground. Um, so, yeah, even even though we obviously had a victory up here, we haven't had our hands on it for a, for a few years, and, and it's something I know that the Landers certainly get up for, and especially when Jamie Joe was there, um, it was a big, big factor, and always been a massive thing for us and Tom obviously being down in Dunedin and played his rugby there before going to Waikato and stuff is, is you know has fond memories of Gordon Hunter and it's something that he he really wants back um, in our cabinet and, and something our Ford pack would love to deliver for him um, so it's a, it's a massive fixture for us um, this week not only for this season but for what that means to, to both clubs. It's nice having a trophy like that on the line eh like to, to add a little bit of depth some real depth um, human depth to it Oh, it's also, it's great for guys that are quite young and don't even know um, what, what certain people did for the for the club or um, or the game and um, hearing people speak about them in such high regard so many years afterwards. Um, it's powerful. Um, it, it gets back to that sort of there's 
there's actually more to this game than just four points or five points. It's it means a hell of a lot to a lot of people that we don't see day to day, and and what what joy we can bring, I suppose, to their their week um, without even you know chatting to them or knowing them um, is massive. Where do you see the winning of that game? Oh, it's going to be set piece. You know, the Landers have, have based them around south, I think, since coming back. Um, it was the area they struggled with pre-COVID and post-COVID. Their two twin towers have been great at set piece. With, you know, we've spoken at length last week about Ash Dixon's accuracy um, and leadership. Um, and, you know, just their, you know, hunger and fight around the breakdown. Um, and I think if you allow that front football, obviously with the Chiefs game, you saw... Um, that front football and, and their interplay between forwards and backs and if they get rolling especially under the roof they can be a hell of a threat and it's an area um, they're confident in they've had a bye and, and I think you know guys like Nagy are just feeding off that confidence of that last minute win um, which will play a lot and um, you know we certainly haven't hit our straps we didn't play as well as we'd like yesterday certainly weren't disciplined enough to even you know see how our game was you know we didn't it was sort of stop start through through lack of discipline um so you know we want to tidy up that area get our set piece right which i think has been a strength um of ours so it'll be the, the battle up front as it always is and then um, i'm pretty excited to see our back line unleashed under the roof as well geez rico's looking good in he his growth like that little short ball he gives to duff um you know anton rushes up you know he doesn't always give that pass you know probably two three years ago um, and and he, his his link play and his selfless play has been his biggest growth, I think. And he's just fitted so well in it. And at 13, and and is just doing such a great amount of work for us on attack, but also defence. Uh, he's making some great reads, and, and he works really hard off the ball. Um, you know, he's looking really comfortable in the midfield there. I, I think it's a position he wants to play, and and I would say he's earned the right to play um, with his performances. My understanding is that it's something that Leon's wanted him there for a few years, but he's just had to wait while the All Black Selectors wanted Rico on the wing. So it is kind of the place that he was he was due to be even a couple of years ago. Yeah, I know it's definitely where he wants to be. Um, yeah, he he loves it. He loves it there. He the more he can touch the ball, the happier he is. But as I said, it's the finesse around that picking his moments when it's on for him and picking his moments when it's on for others. I see Webby smiling there. Well, that's the thing. You know, when you preview Rico in the in the uh, centers, you can sort of win in doubt. He, he usually likes to tuck and carry, so certainly growing his game to the distributing point and putting guys into holes makes him a, a much big, bigger threat. Because then, you know, guys have to worry about everything else around them. Then it gives him a little bit, potentially a little bit more space when it is on to run. So um, once he starts growing it, as, as we're seeing, um, you know, he's going to be a, a real threat in that midfield. And he's got that pace through the first ten meters, eh? I think it's people don't quite realise how fast he is over the first 10 metres to take an outside break. Yeah, it doesn't even, sometimes it doesn't look fast, you know, sometimes, what do they say, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. It's like, it, they don't, to the naked eye, it doesn't look that fast, but it, it's a lot quicker than you think. Um, sort of like Damien as well, you know, poor old Blake yesterday, you know, he just sort of pulls trigger and, you know, you think you're in the race and then they're gone the next, you know. Um and old, my old mate with the support line. You always count on me to be there, Jip, don't you worry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Searching for that meaty just to get that janitor moved yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't had the chance to do this, this um, Super Rugby Aotearoa, so I'm looking This weekend, it. mate. Absolutely. This weekend. Three of them. I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. 
<laughs> you had that ball bounce up to you against the Blues, though. That that errant pass and then bam, you were off. That must have felt pretty good. You, suddenly there was a try. It was out of nowhere. No, we were meant to do that. That's exactly how we trained it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I just sort of it just all sort of happened really quickly, and um, yeah, lucky Cruds with his uh, with his finesse with the little dummy to um, send Mark Talia the wrong way, and then. Um, yeah, it helps having finishes like Solomon on on our wing to, to finish something like that off. But poor buggers, I think he's um, dislocated his shoulder. I think he might be gone for a while now. So you must take a lot from those moments, though, in the sense that the amount of Chiefs jerseys in the picture, you know, and those are those work areas that you talk of and those attitude areas. And it's certainly, you know, over the years, you know, through your, I suppose, your mantra of the Chiefs mana, it's 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 certainly shown throughout all these eighty minute performances, and it's it's not through lack of effort it is yeah. you know those sort of it feels like you're so so close but yet so far away but those effort areas um you know you, you your team's really pr- prided themselves on and i suppose showing and, and that was a case in point there's about six or seven chiefs jerseys in the picture even though you knew he's going to score from 20 out probably yeah absolutely and it's that's great feedback actually jip thanks for that mate it's um, oh, yeah. but yeah i i think that's the biggest thing like i, I sort of mentioned it uh, earlier that like you can Losses are a bit easier to take when you know that you've, your effort and attitude was outstanding, and and there's never been a time where we've been able to fault that with with our boys. So, but you know we've never folded, we've never sort of died wondering. It's um, yeah, a few skill set and technical parts we might not have got right, and maybe missed a, f- a few key moments that led to losses. But man, the like, the effort, the attitude has has always been there, and will continue to be be that way for for these next two games. So. Um, yeah, can't fault fault the lads' effort um, and then putting everything out there um, for for the Chiefs. And um, yeah, appreciate that feedback, Jib. That's that's good. I'll pass it on to the fellas. Uh, that's probably a good way to finish it. Yeah, why not? Who, who would have thought the Blues and the Chiefs being civil together? Eh? <laughs> it's because we're not playing each other again this yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 